Oh, sorry. Didn't hear you come in. But now that we got you, why don't you settle in and let us take a crack at all your hardest questions? Word of warning, no advice during this podcast should be followed. Well then, pitter-patter. It's been a long fucking year, I'm staying sober now. I can deal with the stress I get from going out. Going out. Then you call up my phone, you want a night out. No, I want to say no, but you're outside my house. Tanner, I don't think the movie March of the Penguins is about the Pittsburgh hockey team going on a hike. <laughs> I just, I, I don't think it is. <laughs> hey, welcome to Mid Best Mid Worst. I'm Shane, and uh, I still don't fully understand commas. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> if anyone can, <laughs> if anyone can explain to me what they are for, I've just been kind of putting them where I think people need to breathe, which I don't think is the correct way <laughs> to use a comma. <laughs> Oh, funny. And I'm Tanner. This week we made homemade stuffed crust pizza. Oh, damn. How, how did it turn out? Way better than I thought. I thought like the cheese would get like all melty and all over the place, but it, well, we used tri- uh, string cheese and just kind of rolled the dough. We used like the Pillsbury crust, and so we just kind of rolled it over there. My, we, I mean, Emily did. And then like when you pre-baked the crust, we, we, just threw, we did it at that point and then um, put the toppings on, threw it back in, and rock and roll. I, I will be honest, I have tried making my own pizzas so many times, and every time I'm like, it's not as good as DiGiorno, and it took me so much longer, <laughs> I'll just buy a DiGiorno. What, what, do you use for your, um, what do you use for your crust? Typically, like, the pre-made ones that you'd pick up at, like, any store where okay. it's already rolled out. Yeah. Um, I have tried doing the uh, the packs where you, you know, mix the dough yourself, and no. they're just never good, my boy. They're I can't just, do it. I, I'm like, I rip it. I tear it. Like, the only person I know that can do that and make it well is my mom. Like, I've tried it. Like, I was so afraid to even touch the Pillsbury dough. Like, all you have to do is, like, roll it out and, like, lightly kind of put it in place. And it stays fantastic. Right. But because of that experiences, like, with those experiences with that, uh, with, with that like, pre-mix, like, yeah, I, just, I wouldn't even go near it. Uh, I, yeah. It's just not not worth it. Well, how about this? How you, how you been this week? You still staying safe? Everything, uh, everything good down in your neck of the woods? Uh, yeah, it's been a... This week flew by. Um, nothing major went on. Nothing crazy. We had, we celebrated our third anniversary on Wednesday, and then watched the draft Thursday night. So they kind of split up the uh, the week pretty good. But other than that, just kind of tough to really get anything new going on with. You know, just kind of. I gotta say, I, I I'm always excited for the draft. I I, I love watching. Um, Big strong boys be auctioned off <laughs> yeah. to teams. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I also I, I like I, I like the raw emotion. Like when you see when you see you know someone who's you know six five three hundred and seventeen pounds and they're all teary eyed. Just like I, I might be able to beat you up if I wanted to. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I imagine that there's different uh, teary eyed reactions. Like if you get picked to go play your favorite uh, your favorite strong team and then you're excited but the second that they're like and you've been drafted to the browns and you're like oh no <laughs> that's so true i bet there's a lot of sad tears 
Oh my god. I, I just recently, um, I, I love the idea of getting into football, but it's only been the last couple of years where I've actively had, like spent time watching it. Mm-hmm. So I would say that my, my knowledge of the game is um, on par with pretty much any head coach. And I can tell you all the <laughs> ins and outs of throwing that throwing that piece of pigskin around, as I like to call it. I, I know that that's a little bit of an expert level, uh, calling it the pigskin, but, you know, that's the type of knowledge and heat I'm bringing to football conversation. That's funny. I've actually, I've, I've been watching football fairly regularly since about 2009, 2010, like my last year of college. And then um, after I graduated, actually, um, uh, um, I don't know if I watched too much when, when I lived with you right out of college for a little bit, but... When I got to Fairmont, that's when I really started getting into it. And this last year, I started trying to learn more about, like, defenses. Like, the difference between, like, cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four. And um, it, it makes it a bit more fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, I like also when they kind of stand opposite of the other team and they kind of know where they're going. So, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, let me just dig deep here. Zone coverage is a word I've heard thrown around. So... <laughs> Which begs the question. I don't uh, know why. Like, I don't know why people don't throw more hail, hail, uh, hail marys. You know, like go deep. Like, why is there not more of that? Like, just let's just throw it up and see what happens. I had this thought for the longest time. Uh, w- I was worried that football would become stagnant. It, it, you know, Americans, we like excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, we always like the stakes to be escalated. And I, I always had this idea of if I were to become the head football king where I made the rules, <laughs> I, I would decide that there would be um, when two two great teams are competing against each other, you only get paid if you win. And then I think we'd see a lot more shenanigans out on the out on the gridiron. I think so will. too, because I feel like when you get to the NFL, like there's, I love watching college football more than NFL. But I think there's a special pass, passion in the in college. You have something to prove. Oh, like yeah. you're not making any money. In fact, at this point in time, there's still like if you go, <laughs> well, you still can't on, make any on. money legally. You're, you're you're not supposed to make money. You can yeah, you can get football. yeah, you can get suspended and all that stuff. I think they're changing those rules or whatever. Right. But I feel like there's just a passion about it that. Uh, that I feel like is lacking in the NFL. So I like that as Senate. Like, I don't think it's some bonuses, but I like the all or nothing. Like, if you don't win, what am I paying you for? Like, if I don't win at my job, I don't get. What, I don't have my job. So if you can't win at your job, like, there wouldn't be the Browns anymore, but that'd be okay. Like, what are we really missing out? <laughs> a, a, a gauntlet-style competition where two teams enter, one team leaves <laughs> See, type of scenario. So they do that in the Premier <laughs> League, I think. They have, like, two different tiers. And, like, I think the top team of the bottom tier goes to the upper one and then the lower one goes to the bottom one and i'm not sure what happened to xfl and i'm a little bit sad that it seems to be over with everything but i think that's what they should have done with the xfl like the winning like if you win the xfl championship you go to the nfl and then like the browns or giants go to the xfl until they can prove themselves like a better team a, a rotating yeah i i think that that would be an awesome idea uh, something that i could i could really sink my teeth into yeah like if, yeah if you guys aren't good you have to go to go back to development league and then we'll bring we'll bring the big boys up yeah um another side thing i wanted to touch base with you on i i know that you're down in florida so i wanted to get uh your hot take on this uh we just recently full on hit spring here venturing into summer and I'm I'm incredibly excited. Yesterday I went fishing. Nice day out. Um, it's been one of the first days where I feel like I can finally get into my summer attire. Mm-hmm. 
And, and I was wondering on you, uh, to give some advice, what type of summer attire are we looking at this year? What, what do you think the hot the, the hot clothes are going to be? I know down in Florida, you're basically on summertime all the time, but what you got? What do I think the trend will be? I think I think scarves are going to make oh, a we big... we decide the trend. Okay, yeah. So if we're doing that, like, I have these, like, those, like, military, like, scarves. Like, the bandana-looking scarf thing. I want to bring those okay. back. Like, um, the one that you see, like, they often wear, like, in, like, the Middle East to, like, help keep the sand out of their, you know, out of, out of the faces and teeth and stuff like that. I, I think those need to make a big comeback. Okay, I like that. With a that. V-neck. You wear a plain your... V-neck, you get a nice little, um, those nice little scarves have a little triangle, or, yeah, a little triangle dangling down. Keep the sun off your neck. Yeah, exactly. I like that. See, from the Midwest, I feel like we're in such a box here where it's like, uh, a, a lot of guys, you'll see, you'll see the cargo shorts and, and a t-shirt, um, and some flip-flops, and, and that's kind of the staple here. Yeah, and, that's me. And lately, I... I'll be honest. I've never been really a shorts kind of boy. I, I I wear jeans pretty much all year round. Like jeans, some flip flops, maybe. And one thing I will say I've gotten into is a uh, Hawaiian button up shirts, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think are just flattering. They're very summery. They're light and breezy. Yeah. Oh, keep it easy. Keep it one hundred. Yeah, I think I wore short or sorry jeans. I think I wore jeans like three times last year, like in total. One was when we were uh, we were in Nashville for Thanksgiving, and the only reason why I wore jeans was because we went to the Grand Ole Opry, so I had I wanted to dress up a little bit. But even though it was still like thirty or forty degrees the rest of the time, I only wore shorts there. In fact, like when I come home, I bring jeans, but I don't know if I wore jeans the last time I was back home, and that was in like that was over Christmas and the New Year. Like I still wear shorts. Right. Like Twenty degrees out, negative, whatever. I wear shorts the whole time. Yeah, and that's where like people from the Midwest will do that, but we're so used to this tempered climate where it, not not is it not a tempered climate? No, I don't know what type of climate I live in. <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, a very... it's very. Uh, no, it's uh, tempered means like it's uh, like always the same. The same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I live in a not-so-tempered climate where it's, like, it's negative 30. Now it's 60. Hello, 20s. Yeah, like, people will ask, like, oh, what's the weather like? I'm like, it's hot and humid. Like, it gets not hot and humid three weeks out of the year. But other than that, it's pretty hot and humid. It just gets, like, the like for the temperature to fluctuate more than 10 degrees is crazy. Like, in the summer when, like, right. the humidity is at, like, 1,000%. Like, it, it'll be, like, 95 throughout the day, and then at night, it'll be 83. Like, at 3 or 4 in the morning, it'll still be 83. Like, it never cools down because the humidity just tra- traps in the heat. And so I just stopped looking at the weather. Like, we have, like, kind of two basic seasons, and there's nothing to – like, it's going to do the same thing every day. It's going to be hot, and then in the summer, it rains a little bit in the afternoon between, three, between like, 3 and 5. It'll rain really hard for a half hour. And that happens from June to October. Well, that sounds like hell. Hey, Tanner, <laughs> why, why don't we uh, why don't we do what we do best and uh, give these fine listeners some advice and jump into our questions? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, first one we got here is my mom forces me to hug her. <laughs> so a few days ago, my mom just came up to me and hugged me. The next day, she looked like she was going to do it again, and I said, "I don't like hugs." She looked at me and said, why don't you love me anymore? Oh, we've all been in that position with moms. And then she hugged me anyways. When I get annoyed, I tried to push her away, where she jokingly said, is this because you're a teenager now? 
I honestly don't like hugs. I don't like being touched at all. When I tell her I don't like it, she just doesn't let go. I'm getting frustrated now because I don't want her to think I don't love her, but I don't think physical attention equates is equated to love. She still does it, and I don't know if I should deal with it because I'm being rude or if I should somehow stop her. Any advice would be appreciated. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, you know, I, I'm really torn on this uh, going down the middle. Uh, on one side, you know, I want to say that, you know, it, it's your mom. Let her hug you. You know, sometimes it's more for them and not for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side, I also agree. If you don't want to be touched, people shouldn't fucking touch you. <laughs> like, No, you shouldn't be forced. Even, even if it is your mom, like, if you don't want to be touched, you don't want to be touched. Like, I'm not a big hugger. I don't, I, I prefer not to be touched, but I, I still hug my mom because I know it's important to her. So, but if, like, if that's not your view, I think that's your prerogative and someone shouldn't really be, someone could be disappointed, but they shouldn't be offended by it. Or like, oh, you don't love me. I feel like that's a really crappy thing to say. Really, like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I would fully agree with that. But then again, it's like, it. well, you know, are you a teenager? I, I was an angsty teenager, yeah. you know, no, no contact and stuff like that. And I'd say a lot of those feelings have, you know, subsided. You're, you're a young man developing and finding your body. And uh, <laughs> maybe you don't want people touching you. But also, you know, it, it, it's something where you in life – there's something oh god i don't want to say that there's some things that you just have to put up with because you really don't but it it, it, okay how about this next time she tries to hug you judo flip her over your back (laughs) the door over your shoulder just ah and be like whoa i thought you were coming in for an attack (laughs) can't scare me like that like i'm I'm conflicted on this because again i'm not big on hugging but at the same time it's just like well like you can't like i get the teenage thing i i get it but at the same time like you can't put that aside and maybe that's just part of the development process is that like you throughout life you'll just learn to kind of it's not always about you it's about like you said like you know i hug my mom to make her happy even though i'm not a big hugger but I know it makes her happy, and I think that's just kind of a maturity thing, too. But with that being said, I find it fascinating that um, that, that, that there's still this, like, it's crazy to me that you'd guilt trip someone into not hugging you. Like, because if they're going to hug you, then they don't, if they don't want to, well, what's the point? Like, Right. We, we don't want to see, like, a, a string of mothers out there getting hashtag me too'd. Like forcing, <laughs> right. forcing, right. forcing hugs on unwanted children, but it, it yeah, it, it that's a rough one. Maybe compromise. Um, a high five. N- next time she goes in, yeah, a high five, <laughs> a, a, fir- a firm handshake, <laughs> and, you, and you call her by her name. You say, she says, "Oh my God, I'm so proud of you." She goes in for the hug, and you extend a hand, and you go, "You know what? Thank you, Janine," and, and you shake that hand. <laughs> You give her a good a good five grip right there, <laughs> and you say, "This is how we conduct our business going forward." I'm an adult now. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and I think we can even go this uh, take that to the next level. What about a secret handshake? That's something intimate, like kind of like get like a ten second or maybe even a thirty second little handshake, little dance, share a moment, but you don't necessarily have to be be embracing either. Yeah, I I, I like that idea because. What happened to secret handshakes? They were so big. When we stopped doing them, they were, like, going back to like us setting trends, once we stopped doing it, everyone else did. It, yeah, it 
it disappeared. I don't understand that because there's so much power to a secret handshake. And seeing a secret handshake in public, if done correctly, is mystifying. It's absolutely... It's so coordinated and well done. It's like a it's like a mini version of a flash mob. Like there's this little beautiful coordinated moment, but just like a very miniature version of it. I, I can say that I remember uh seeing more secret handshakes than I can remember and recall like just seeing people hug in public. So I think that you're right. I think that that's something more special and, and something that will give you to that that family intimacy that your mom wants yeah. without making you too uncomfortable. Anyone can uh, hug. So yeah, anyone can hug. I I I me, I I don't know. In my younger years, I, I would say I was more of a hugger than I am now. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm a big fan of the Keanu Reeves no touch hug where you just kind of like arms around and like pat the air and mm-hmm. you don't like really fully embrace. Now that being said you put me with the right group of boys and get a few drinks in me and, and I'm a hugging fool. <laughs> and that's the nice thing because at that point in time, you know, to do a full embrace, you just had a funny laugh, something awesome. You give a good hug. There's something awkward about hugs too. Like where do you draw the line where you do a full embrace or you do like the handshake one arm over the shoulder? Like do you go, do you right. go both hands over, both hands under, one over, one under? If so, which side? And like, where does it stop? Like, um, I hug Emily's parents, you know, but like her uncle, we've hugged a couple of times, but like we do something different every time. And um, I, I just like I I don't care. Like at that point in time, I don't care what we're doing. I just need to know what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm cool with the full embrace. I'm cool with the handshake. I'm cool with a head nod. Like hey, thanks for coming or hanging out. But I need to know what's going on. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a big fan, and I would say that that's been my go-to is that is that slight head nod <laughs> to to just let someone know that hey I understand and here's my appreciation towards you right. and a, a little slight dip of the head <laughs> is my favorite thing to go to a tip of the cap <laughs> yeah a tip a tip of the cap <laughs> so yeah uh, secret handshake or fucking judo flipper. I, yeah. I think either one of them is going to solve your problem. Got to commit, though. <laughs> Got to commit. <laughs> Got to commit on it. Hey, Tanner, hit us with our next question. Uh, yeah, speaking of teenagers, um, how is high school? I'm going to be a freshman next year and want some useful advice. Oh, boy. Did you come to the right boys for this one? Yeah. Uh, you, you, When they say that you have uh, – your first impression is, is your lasting impression – that's that's not something to be taken lightly. No. I, I, it's it's an awkward time. You know, you're you're going into high school and you really want to define yourself, and you need to put some thought into what how you're going to carry that the next four years. Now, with that, I'd say that uh, you actually do get a little bit of a second chance uh, when you break that sophomore year going into your junior year. Yeah, you almost have a a, a chance for redevelopment. You're entering the last two years. Um, Upperclassmen. You, you have a couple. Right, you're an upperclassman and you kind of have a, a second go around, mm-hmm. but those first two years can be really rough. I myself made some terrible, terrible decisions. Um, I played, uh, actually, you know, thinking about it, probably my biggest mistake, I, I would say, is that I wanted to be um, overly, not edgy, but I wanted to uh, differentiate myself so much from everyone else. And I think it's because we lived in such a small 
town and you know our class had what 35 people 37 people total yeah i think it was right in the middle i think it was right at 36 36 i think okay. so I knew yeah it was pretty close um so i i thought that i would just uh you know be the kid that was going to stand out and maybe uh take some influence from bigger areas throughout the country and, and bring a little bit of flair yeah. to our school. And in hindsight, it didn't work out quite the way I wanted it to because there were so few people that also tried to do that, that it just made it weird. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't care much for uh, sports in my early years of high school. So I was like, I, I wanted to label myself as an outcast, but the problem with doing that was, uh, our, our classmates were so close. We were fortunate enough to be so close that it didn't really pan out. I couldn't really be the outcast that I w- when I was still friends with uh, pretty much everyone in our grade. Right. So it's just, <laughs> it was just weird fashion choices, <laughs> which right. wasn't the best. I talked on a previous episode about wearing the most ridiculous baggy pants that I could and um, trying to take some of my uh, stylistic choices from uh, punk cultures, like from L.A. and New York and stuff like that. And it just didn't translate well and in hindsight you know i could have still very much enjoyed that music while um maybe uh fitting more into you know the stylistic choices of people in armstrong um now with that being said uh, you know you don't need to conform yourself to anyone but it, it depends on how you want to make your high school experience. You know, do, do you want to ruffle those feathers or, or do you want to maybe be able to blend in and have a little bit social, uh, a better social experience mm-hmm. in that, in that regards. Um, if you go to a big school, you know, you have more of a chance to find, have a little bit of freedom in this choice because uh, with a larger populace of kids, you might find more people that are aligned with you and you're going to have your own click and everything like that. But um yeah, don't be rash when making a decision. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know, Tanner. I've been I've been rambling on. Let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, I, I'm kind of split on this because I do agree with like you can like reinvent yourself, but you, you nailed it on the head that you have to be careful too. Like, I think some of the music I listened to kind of influenced me to think everyone hated me, and so for like I kind of pushed people away too. Like, there's no reason for me to be doing that. Like. Um, I, I felt like the world was against me and all this, but like really what I was doing is I was pushing myself away from other people. So I think that's um, right. like, I, if, if there's one solid piece of advice, have fun, get involved, but not, not overly involved. I think one thing I did is I spread myself a little too thin. Like I was in football, um, was in the musicals, stuff like that. Or the, like I almost didn't have my own private life. So I almost started resenting everything I was a part of. And I think that kind of had something to do with you know, a lot of my attitude issues and stuff like that. Whereas now, like, looking back, I was like, I just, those people that I thought were like, oh, hey, we kind of hang out with, like, they're like friends of my friends. So I have a couple of people in mind where I'm like, so maybe if I wasn't the way I was, I would, you know, been able to hang out with them, have cool experiences and stuff of that nature. But uh, I, I think you can definitely, what I, what I would do is I'd keep the same style, keep the hair, keep the clothes, have that. But like you said, that doesn't mean you have to have an attitude. You can still be yourself without kind of alienating yourself as well. Yeah, right. And like I I took on the position um, very early. I, I think I, I mean, I started that even at, at a very young age of kind of always being the class clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I felt like that really was the staple that I held from like kindergarten all all the way through our graduating year of where I, I, I probably didn't th- take things 
as serious as what I should. And, and I always wanted to kind of like break break some of the monotony of school and, you know, get a few laughs in here and there. But really, <laughs> really, I wasn't doing <laughs> – I mean, I, I don't know. It, I did have a – I had some pretty good bangers back in high school for things that I remember doing that were pretty funny. But I mean, for the most part, I was probably just being disruptive. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a little you, bit of an asshole. You give me a tattoo. I don't know if you remember that. You, I think it was our freshman <laughs> year. You jumped on my back. And you had a pencil in your hand, and um, I had befriended, um, you know, Chad Smith, who was new. And so, like, he thought he was right. being protective. So, like, you were on my back. You had pencil to, like, my chest just – because you just reached your arms around me like a piggyback and, like, kind of had it there. Yes. He pushed you. Your, I think your arms ran into the locker, and, like, that pencil, like, stuck inside of me. So I still have that, gra- like, that uh, graphite tattoo. Yeah. Well, again, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I – you know what? I don't. I don't regret stabbing you with a pencil. I'm glad I you think stabbed that me. Like a... <laughs> you gave me a ta- like I didn't realize it like until like far later. At first, I was like, "Oh, my skin stained. It's dumb." I'm like, "This is the coolest tattoo I have. What's this? What's that dull gray spot in the middle of your sternum?" I'm like, "Well, funny story. Uh, best friend from uh, best friend in high school uh, stabbed me." Yeah, and you know. It, I remember uh, just, you know, going off on a bit of a tangent, you know, our group of friends and everything, because even for our school being so small, we had a, we still had maybe a little bit of a click situation. So, yeah, we had like uh, yourself, uh, me, Chad, uh, Andy, and and Scott, who, which by the way, go ahead and give a teaser for next week, I spoke to and will be joining us on the podcast. Awesome. So, yeah, it'll be fun to get some of his insight on some of this, but we did have a little core group of friends and I, I remember just at the time being uh, maybe frustrated about some of the things that we would do to each other. Scott had a terrible habit of stealing my car. <laughs> I had so much in school. <laughs> I had so much in school suspension that a lot of times I'd be held at school until like four o'clock and uh, Scott would just uh, steal my keys and take my car and then just leave with it. <laughs> and it'd be like five o'clock and he'd pull back up and, <laughs> And there, there would be the car. Um, it, I, I think, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe don't worry so much about uh, finding ways to fit in. But if, if this, if you know people already, and you're going into high school with them, it, it's not bad to have a group of friends to, to kind of lean yeah. on. You know, don't shy yourself away from uh, creating, you know, friends. And like I said, yeah, and, and uh, I, I think you have to. Don't listen to all the peer pressure, but a little bit of peer pressure is okay. There's some experiences that were great because we kind of force each other to do certain things. Like, don't go do anything that's going right. to, like, get you in jail or, like, hurt anyone too badly, depending on what, what how you're hurting them. I guess it's somewhat okay um, in high school. So take, take advantage of those good times. <laughs> Um, remember taking, I remember taking a, uh, I think it was like a iron bar of some sort across the shin. I can't, I, I think we were calling each other names and I'm pretty sure you just whipped that out. And like, uh, I'm surprised it still works. It's, you know, and there's our history of hurting each other is, is profound It is between our deep. friends. I, I have, I have scars from Andy, um, hitting me with a fishing pole, uh, <laughs> Just because he thought it was funny, uh, Scott ran me over with my own car <laughs> at one point. You know, I stabbed you in the chest. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's weird how um, 
some of those more violent parts of our past, you know, it was always out of love, which is weird. You know, you don't often hear about hitting someone with a car out of love. But, yeah, like you don't hit someone with a car, but like don't waterboard them. That's way too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's not a fun joke for anyone. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'd say to kind of wrap up this question, um, understand that you're not the only person that that is feeling maybe a little bit insecure and awkward about going into high school. Mm-hmm. It's a super weird time for everyone uh, because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you're not an adult. In fact, I would argue that most people aren't adults well into their 20s. Yeah. Uh, people are still figuring stuff out. So, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Like Tanner said, uh, maybe maybe try to explore and find some new interests um, and maybe learn from our mistakes and don't stab someone in the chest with a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, hey, Tanner, you hit us. Uh, actually, you know what? I, I, I think I got this next question for us. Uh I think I have a ghost or something and don't know what to do. So I'm a firm believer in the paranormal. I didn't post this in uh, another question advice section as there is a chance the situation doesn't involve a ghost. I recently bought a projector nightlight that works by a power cord. It's plugged into the wall and the cord connects to the nightlight and could be unplugged from the nightlight to turn it off. I've been turning it off this way. The nightlight has no timer, no set alarm, just goes on as long as the cord is connected from the outlet to the nightlight. It's happened twice already where I wake up and the cord is disconnected from the nightlight and in and is on the floor. I don't sleepwalk, and if anyone ever entered my room to unplug the light, I would have heard them, as my door makes a distinct loud noise when it's open. Nobody else in my room but me. I'd set up a camera, but I only have my phone, and I doubt the camera would record all night. Any advice on what to do is appreciated. Bring your house down. <laughs> you don't, don't don't fuck with ghosts. I mean, it's a one listen, way street. I I saw the paranormal movies. Uh, you you're making the right decision by not recording yourself at night because apparently anyone who records themselves sleeping at night is just opening up the door to fucking up their life forever. So don't do that. Um, I would say live in harmony with this and now you just have a routine where every morning you wake up and you just replug it in don't don't dive too deep on this well yeah i now that i'm thinking about it at first i was going to go more of a logical route no i think you i think this person's being very selfish this ghost is doing you a favor wants to make sure your house isn't going to burn down you're not wasting electricity like you should be like thank you like you should be thanking them (laughs) you need to go find some ghost milk and cookies and lay it out every night as a little thank you it's very clear that you have yourself an an, an eco environmentalist ghost that doesn't want you wasting power. Also, yeah, you should be thankful if we are dealing with a paranormal spirit that is helping you lower your electric bills in this economy in 2020. <laughs> are you kidding me? I would Amazon priority ship a spectral ghost to my house if it helped me turn off all my lights it's like having like an extra parent that you don't have to talk like you don't have to talk to them you don't have to worry about them and they're going around <laughs> shutting off your lights and just making sure you're you're going to be safe at night you never know what's going to happen like maybe that thing builds up with a bunch of dust and what ends up happening is it starts on fire one night or like for whatever reason there's a power surge and that cords like it's it's not all the way plugged in it lights your bed on fire this ghost could be saving your ass 
This is true. And also, I mean, you're so concerned about, uh, you know, if you're already asleep, you don't need the nightlight anyways. Exactly. Um, so I'd say, yeah, it, you should be thankful for this for this magnificent spectral being that you have. In fact, I would say that uh, if this goes on long enough, you are going to miss it when you... You know, if this is a temporary living situation or maybe you're still at home growing up with your parents, when you move out, mm-hmm. you, you're going to you're going to wish that that was there. It, I, I hope it becomes a comfort to you or like Tanner said, maybe on the more logical side, if you have a fucking cat, could just be a cat. I mean, yeah, <laughs> also, like, like there, there's so many things that could be happening in between, uh, you know, the plug-in just falling out, and I have a demon ghost in my room. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> such a I feel like every. Ha- I mean, when you go and buy an outlet like that, I don't think they're ten dollars. Like they're really cheap, and so they're not like I. I think they're um, like their, their specs are pretty loose. Like sometimes you have some outlets right. that are really tight, some are really loose. Do you just have a loosey goosey like outlet? Like it just. Plug a phone in there. See what happens. Maybe that, like, maybe the phone cord falls out. Because I know that we have a couple here at the apartment where my phone just falls out for whatever reason. Like, it's just a little bit loose. Right. So, like, it could be as simple as that. You could have a roommate or a family member gaslighting you. And they're slowly going to try to drive you insane by doing this to you every single night. They're just going to unplug Unplugged your nightlight. Yeah, and so growing up, I was a very light sleeper. So like a door creaking, that would have woke me up. But, you know, in my 30s, not so much anymore. I sleep a bit harder than I used to. So maybe you're a heavier sleeper than you once thought you were. Maybe someone is coming in and, like, that noise should wake you up. Maybe it doesn't anymore because you got so used to that sound, your brain blocks it out. Because it happens every night. When When I was a younger man, I slept so hard that someone could not only just come in and unplug a light, they could install brand new light fixtures in my room without ever, ever waking me up. I, I, I pride myself on my ability when I was younger to be able to sleep through anything. In fact, my go-to is they're like, oh, you think you're a hard sleeper? And I'm like, yeah, I literally slept through an earthquake in California once. <laughs> Did not wake myself up once. It lulled me deeper into a sleep. So I, I, I think it's funny that you, as you've grown up, Tanner, and now you're a big, strong, beautiful man, that your sleeping has become a lot uh, deeper, whereas mine is almost fucked. I, 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 I blame that on my children. Yeah, that's what I was thinking I don't too. Have yeah. the abil- I don't have the ability to sleep like I used to. Um, now, once a year, I, I do get to experience this where uh, I'll go on vacation and, and typically my, my children are with their moms and I, I get a little chance to get away from work and everything like that. And I sleep like the dead during that time. <laughs> it is it, it's such a weird concept to be an adult and, and take a vacation just so you can literally sleep like you used to. <laughs> it's like it's like almost like a paternal like switch like off and on. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think uh, I think you should be happy about your ghosty friend. If anything, you have a cool story. Um, I, I mean, when you hit the age, if you're not already the age of uh, being able to drink, uh, I, I have found that a good paranormal story while having a, a, a few cocktails is is always a fun conversation or a great uh, a great icebreaker. <laughs> Maybe you're at the bar and you're hitting on a girl. Or you want to hit on a girl or a guy, whoever, whatever you prefer, and you walk up to them and you say, 
I have a ghost. <laughs> is that a strong icebreaker? It I think is. it's Solid. I think it I I think it's enough of one to where you're gonna get a little bit of a window where one they're going to be just so um confused by what you just said to where they're gonna want to engage in conversation with you at least for a moment right and it, but you need to turn it yeah go, you know, go i was on, gonna say go like ahead. yeah if, if you're in the dating world and you hold like spirituality or whatever very close to you and you open with that and they're like whatever ghosts aren't real you know that hey this isn't gonna work or if they're very fascinated by it there you go they're like hook line sinker Right, and, and worst case scenario, um, you could just make a boatload of money off of this. Uh, channels like uh, FX or Sci-Fi Channel or A&E, whatever shows, always have those terrible, terrible paranormal ghost adventure shows on it. Boom, you got yourself two seasons out of a ghost that unplugs your nightlight, and now you're you're famous. Yeah, just make a know? whole series about how this ghost takes care of you. Like maybe maybe you grew up as you know you're you're now an adult and you still have like these childish behaviors such as like not unplugging lights and whatever the case may be and this ghost like takes care of you do you sleep with a nightlight tanner um i don't well kind of living in st pete there's always like lights out so like it's always like if anything it's almost too bright um we do put one in the bathroom but that's one so we don't have to blind ourselves and two you don't end up like hitting something and so we don't sleep with the night right. light, but we usually leave one on in like the bathroom. It, I don't want to offend everyone who is afraid of the dark, <laughs> but I don't think I know, and it like any adults that use a nightlight at night. Uh, neither do I. I think re- reverse it on your ghost friend. Maybe you unplug the nightlight, <laughs> and then if you wake up in the morning and it's plugged in, you got yourself a spooky being. For sure. That, no... That's the only way to test it. The only way to test it is leave it unplugged. See if they plug it in for you. Yeah. Um, take it to other. Maybe you start a game of where uh, you, you move the nightlight to new parts of the house and the ghost has to go on a ghost hunt <laughs> to. Uh... Ghost your ghost. <laughs> to, uh... Yeah. To uh, maybe find the nightlight and, and, and unplug it there. You, you need to compile some data on this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tanner, do you want to hit us with our next question? Oh yeah, um, I think I think a girl I'm dating is wearing a wig. Do I ask her or wait for her to bring it up? So I've been dating this girl for two months, and she's great. She told me she has psoriasis and auto, uh, autoimmune disease of the skin, and has outbreaks only on her feet. But she always she's always really weird when it comes to her hair. She doesn't let me touch it. She always wears a bun. Her hair is super thick. And when I have to think about it, it doesn't really grow. Plus, in the morning when we wake up, she hates the sunlight in the in the room. Um, I've been thinking about it and realized she must act like this for a reason. So this morning, I opened the windows, and she was kind of annoyed by it. And then, while we were talking, I kind of saw something on the border of her hair and skin. I was shocked. I started observing secretly more and more and finally understood she has a wig. So I'm presuming she has scalp psoriasis or some sort of alopecia. Should I ask her about it or just wait for her to bring it up? Any personal experiences? I don't think I do. Um, I, I don't think I've ever... Well, maybe. Now you got me questioning. Um, I'm in a relationship. Tanner, you're also in a relationship. Uh, have you tried just pulling off Emily's hair? Um. So as the oldest son <laughs> of four, 
um, five really. Um, I did brush a lot of hair growing up, and so I actually brush mm-hmm. Emily's hair fr- fairly frequently. So, um, so I do know that that's real. That's a weird way that you just said that. Oh, is it? That's not weird to me. I do it all the time. So, like, oh, I don't know too many husbands that just start brushing hair. Like, do you do you brush, yeah, I, do you brush hair? Or? I I don't. Um, I kind of think that you know adults should take care of their own hair. I get, if it's like, okay, hold on, hold on, because I'm not bashing on you and Emily um, by any means. But I beg to differ. I think no. uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> No offense, I, I, but <laughs> no offense, but it's a fucking weird thing you're doing. Dude. No, it's, it's not. I think it. I don't know how I would feel if. Okay, let me put myself into your shoes. Um, if someone walked into my house and I was brushing Sabrina's hair, I feel like I would feel shame. I don't know why. <laughs> Why is this so weird to me? Maybe maybe it is uh, ties back to the whole like uh, you know an intimate place like hugging and stuff like that. But like also like I think I've typically um, dated women who who take very good care of their hair and everything like that. And, and I know a lot of women like this where they don't want you to touch it. <laughs> they don't like don't fuck up their hair. Like you spend time in the morning, you know, getting it all done and making it look right, and then you just have a dude walking up giving you a noogie. Like, no, <laughs> fuck that noise, right? So I think this might make more sense. So um, at work, so Emily works at a hospital, and so she has to have her hair right. in a bun, and so a lot of times it's not okay. worth brushing her hair to put it in a bun. She just kind of wakes up, showers, put it in a bun. So right. it, and so she her hair's thin, but it's there's a lot of it, like. Like, it's not thinning, but, like, her hair itself is fine. And there's a lot of right. it. And so it gets tangled really bad. And so I think sometimes it's just, like, it, it's, like, a lot of work for her to do. And it's almost like, like, have you ever had a head scratch? A good old head scratch? Yeah, like a scalp. Yeah. It, it's kind of like that. And, like, it's just kind of nice. It's almost like I can rub, I, I can massage my own scalp, but it doesn't feel as good as a family does it. And so, like, this is a form of that as well. Okay, so yeah, I, I'll I'll back off from being judgy because I I can I can understand like how that's an intimate thing and and you're both receiving like some type of pleasure out of it. <laughs> um, maybe he should uh, consult his girlfriend and say, "Hey, I, I'm I'm really looking into getting into grooming, um, <laughs> but I need to." I need to be able to practice on some hair. Would you mind if I if I do a little tinkering with your hair, <laughs> a, a, a little touchy feely? And depending on how she reacts to that, that might give you some insight. You could also maybe put her in a position uh, where you're going to be somewhere where it's very windy. You say, "Hey, we're going skydiving today." <laughs> if she's wearing a wig, it's going to be gone. Um, so the, the first question I have is: It a deal breaker? Two months is pretty early, and Right, might ruffle ruffle some feathers there. Is it a little bit shallow if there is issues? Perhaps, but you also can't help the way you feel about certain situations. And I think it's better to be honest. Like, if I'm going to be shallow about something, the the if I pretend that it doesn't bother me, I'm lying, and then our relationships based on a lie. So if it does bother you, you have to get out now. It's only two months. You're not like this isn't something that like an accident that happened ten years in, and you're like, nope, can't deal with this. Like, this is something that you have to really. 
if it, like it seems like it's bothering you you're going through a lot of work to really go through this so if it is bothering you you got to just find a way out and if it doesn't bother you why are you being such a creep well yeah also exactly there's it's 2020 you know i i take it back i don't know if i just said uh minutes ago that i i don't know if i know anyone that wears a wig uh but there is a stylistic choice to it. it. It's a lot less maintenance, right? Like there, there are women who just enjoy, you know, uh, keeping their hair incredibly short and then, you know, doing a wig or something like that. Yeah. Uh, also in, in some areas, uh, women like to get weaves done and stuff like that. So if you're not noticing the hair grow, I mean, it doesn't mean she's bald. And I feel like you're being, yeah, fuck you. You're in the wrong on this. You shouldn't be judging her for, like, what she wants to do with her but, hair. But, I, right, I, and, like, if there is an issue, like, it's a skin issue. It's not, like, some weird thing that, like, oh, hey, she doesn't wear deodorant, so she just always smells. Like, that's that's a choice. Having psoriasis or any sort of, like, scalp, like, if it bothers you, again, I get it. But you have to own it. You have to own that, that it bothers you. But if it doesn't, then quit being a douche. Right, it, it, you're not going to be in the throes of passion, <laughs> which is which is what I call sex. Um, if you're in that position and like you pull a mask off of her, like you're in fucking Scooby Doo, and you're like Old Man Richards, <laughs> be upset. Right. But this doesn't sound like it's that type of scenario no. at all. No, like it, you know. But at the same time, do you think it, it is it on her to maybe? Give some heads up. I, I don't know. I the, the way this guy is it, acting, I don't know if she feels comfortable enough to tell him because it sounds like this guy is kind of like, if you notice something, like, hey, just let, you know, I noticed this. Just you know, just want to let you know, whatever's going on, I support you. I like you. Want to con- continue dating you. This will have no effect on a relationship. I know it's just kind of something, whatever. But like, you have to have like you can you can start it that way, or I don't know. I I, I feel like. If the way he's acting doesn't make her comfortable, she's not going to want to tell him. Right? Yeah. It's this isn't this isn't this isn't your fight. You know, you, she needs to. If she wants to tell you, she can. Yeah. It's not affecting your life in any bit. So I, I wouldn't. I would just back off. Quit. Quit inspector gadgeting her, and <laughs> you know, you don't need to go Sherlock's home. Sherlock Holmes on her, no. you know, just if if she's wearing a wig or anything like that or a weave, it might be for a stylistic choice um, yeah. and leave it at that. B- back off. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> hey, Tanner, I drank hot sauce. I drank like a half a bottle of Frank's red hot sauce. I don't really know why. It wasn't very spicy. Does anyone, does anyone have any experience with this? Should I be worried at all? I would say you should be worried, but not for the reason that you think you should. Um, you you don't need to be worried medically. Uh, you do need to be worried psychologically. What caused you to drink a half a bottle of Frank's Red Hot Sauce? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> there's a couple of swallows there. Like, that's oh, I took a couple of drinks of hot sauce and I you know, stopped immediately. You drink a half a bottle. They're not small bottles. They're like 14 ounces or something. Like, you go, yeah, you didn't drink. You guzzled, you guzzled that shit. There's oh my god this come this question makes me uncomfortable because of the of what he would have had to go through to drink it. Do you think he 
walked to the fridge and opened it up. He was like, you know, a bottle of water sounds nice. And he saw that Frank's red hot sauce over in the corner. And he's like, you know, did he take the cap off and drink it that way? Because it's, it's now I could be wrong, but does Frank's have like a stopper in the top of it where I, you can kind of like. I don't know, but I don't or is think it so. Flow? I think it's free. Uh, I, I think it flows freely. I think it's pretty thick. I don't know either. I've, I've not really had a whole lot. Of Frank's hot sauce. I feel sauce. like I, I, I've had Frank's, I've, I've had the Frank's sauce, and it's a good sauce. I, I enjoy it on many of things, um, wings, chicken, wh- what be you? It's a good sauce. I've never felt the need to drink it. Or also, hype- did he put it into a cup? <laughs> if he puts it into a cup, this man needs to be sent to prison immediately because that's you don't do that. Absolutely, and I, and I wonder. Are they in high school? Is this a prank where his friends force him to drink a half a bottle of, of the hot sauce? Because that's something we would have done to each other. Like, you need to drink right. half this. I think that he he has to divulge this. I'm not going to give him that out. <laughs> if if he were to say, I drank hot sauce because my friends bet me, I, I would be sympathetic towards him and go, hey, we've all been in that position. You know, you get dared to do something dumb and you do it. Um you're going to have uh, the spicy bottom for maybe 12 hours, but you'll be fine. No no need for you know medical examination. Yeah. Now, the fact that he doesn't say that this wasn't a bet and this man was – here's what happened. I'll tell you. He, he was sitting alone inside of his apartment, and uh, he realized that he was all out of Diet Coke. And his <laughs> thought was the, me- the next best thing is a half a bottle of Frank's red hot sauce. And that's where I'm concerned. What? Well, you don't do things like that when you're bored, I, do you? Um. Well, I do have to say, going back to some weird stuff I did in high school, I used to drink salsa. Like taking, like drinking a half okay. bottle of salsa was not out of the norm. Maybe this guy just loves hot sauce. Like, I, I, I is it more of a tangy like buffalo sauce? Is that what Frank's is like? It's. Uh, I would say. Uh, more Tabasco-y. Okay. Um, and it's I, not I very call, spicy I, it would either. more align with that. Yeah, it sounds like it's not very no, spicy. N- nothing bad. So uh, there's nothing a part bad. of me that kind of gets it, and I'll be that guy. I Again, I've drank many a uh, half bottle. I think it was Pace, specifically. I, I drank many of, like, half jars of, of salsa, because I just loved it so much. <laughs> That's weird. And I don't think I've done that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever <laughs> been in that position like I, I like to push my boundaries with you know trying hot food and uh, see how spicy I can get, um, but yeah, never to just upend a half of a bottle of it. I, I just if you're what concerns me is that he's not doing it to impress someone. He this was just out of boredom, and I think you need to find a hobby. How many? But how many people in the Midwest have drank a half a bottle at ranch, or you go to the fridge like oh I perusing around i don't know what i want oh in the meantime gonna take this cap off and do a little squirt squirt in the mouth of ranch you can't tell me that that hasn't done <laughs> i've never you, i've never done that you but you can't tell me about you can't tell me that someone's done it with ranch so why not hot sauce someone squirted in the midwest I, someone there's many of someone's that have taken the ranch they're like well just a whole bunch of just ranch <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about right now. I cannot think of – is there some secret society in the Midwest of people who are just upending ranch into their gullet? They are. They put it on pizza. They put it with their fried chicken. You, 
I, I put ranch. I don't, I'm not even that big of a fan of ranch, but since I am from the Midwest, I put it on pickles. Like, just get like a pickle spear, put a little ranch on it. I know that people listening to this can't see the face I'm making at you, but I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> but I, I guess, okay, yeah, then let's take the position that, you know, whatever. Oh, let's your go boat. back an episode, a couple episodes, back to your love of ketchup. Have you never just straight mouth ketchup before? No. That, that, no. To be honest, that surprises me. Now I don't know what you're talking about, and I feel like you're lying to me. <laughs> like I feel like a little bit of my heart broke because I know that you're a straight, bold face ass lying to me right now. That you haven't taken <laughs> Heinz 57, tipped the head back, and give her a good squeeze. I will admit to some pretty uh, weird and terrible things that I I've done or do in in my life. I have never just opened up and squirted a mouthful of ketchup <laughs> not once now now have i made the mistake of thinking one condiment was the other and like really loading it onto something and getting a mouthful of something i wasn't so happy with yeah i've done that but never intentionally just being like ooh, i could really go for a cold cup a cold cup of ketchup today <laughs> No, absolutely not. In fact, this question is freaking me out so much, I'm moving on from it. Um, when, was, uh, when was the first manly moment? I'm 14 years old, and I don't think I've had many, many or any manly moments. Should I be worried about this? When was your first manly moment? I, uh, I, I, I saw this question. I, I, I really had to dig deep, um, and it kind of... Depends on how you want to define a manly moment. If you're talking about uh, overcoming something or maybe standing your ground, the first manly moment I had was uh, I was about maybe 11, 12 years old. And uh, my older brother uh, had called me very fat in front of a large group of people at a lake. <laughs> and and I, 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 let, I stood on it for a good minute. And while he's in the midst of a conversation with, uh, I believe it was his, his boss at the time, it was like a company picnic, um, I decided it would be a good idea to uh, tackle him to the ground. <laughs> and that's kind of the first moment I remember like really standing my ground and being like, uh, no, I, I, I'm not going to be treated that way. Um, there's other parts of my life where I've never had a manly moment. I've talked about my hatred of spiders. I've never had a manly moment. I will run, I will run very quickly and very, very, uh, scared away from a spider. <laughs> so it all depends on what moments you're looking for. Yeah. Mine came a lot later in life. I, I was trying to think of a couple different things and like there were parts like, like throughout that age, like early teens, where I felt like I kind of had a manly moment. One was like uh, when I had to switch parts in choir. I, I sang as a tenor and then I had to go to bass because my voice dropped a couple mm -hmm. octaves or whatever. But I think the, the, the most manly, and it's, this is going to kind of be weird a little bit. So sorry for all the weirdness today. But after I moved to, I wasn't sure if it was like Denver or Florida. But I hadn't seen my mom probably the longest at like in my life. Like... Because, like, even in college, I'd see her, you know, once every couple months because of concerts or whatever. Right. Or holidays. But I remember going back home after not seeing her for about six, eight months or something like that. And I hugged her. And it, it made me see, like, feel how small she was. Like, growing up, like, my mom's not very, oh, sure. she's not very, you know, you know, she's like 5'9", maybe. 
Um, you know, she's not o- she's not overly tall, or overly big, but she's not small either. She's she's taller than the average um, female, and so I I think it was going a long period of time not seeing her, and then I hugged her, and I realized like her shoulder to shoulder is inside my armpits. I'm like, when did I become a fucking giant? Yeah, uh, I think that there's just weird moments like that. Uh, I used to do this thing, which I could equate to that too, of like uh, when you become you know taller, or it, it, some people never become as tall as their parents. Mm-hmm. But I remember uh, when I had hit high school, um, my mom and I would always, and to this day, still do give each other shit back and forth. Mm-hmm. But when she'd get mad at me, um, the only way I could uh, diffuse the situation would be I would pick her up in a bear hug and just go, na 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 in her <laughs> face so she couldn't get a word out edgewise. And that was uh, my way of always staying out of trouble with her because I'd make her laugh. But, yeah, it, it, the fact that I, I became big enough to, you know, pick up my mom and just hold her. And my mom's not a very big person to begin with. But the fact that I could do that and – I, I remember, like, there was some gratitude. The time I became, uh, when I hit the age where I was as tall as my dad, I remember that being a very important part of uh, my life. Yeah. Um, because growing up, like, it's always like, you know, you look up to your dad and you want it, you want to be like him. Or some people do. I mean, some people don't have great dads. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, ew, sorry. But I remember I wanted to be as tall as my dad. And I remember when that happened. I remember the first time I had a drink with my dad uh also being a moment where it really stood out of like i felt like i had made it yeah um probably i would say the most uh the most pronounced one came when i was 18 when i had my son um i remember that moment where i i really felt like i transitioned from being a, a kid to i i'm an adult i'm responsible for something bigger than myself yeah uh so there's there's i think that there's a lot of different moments um yeah. being 14 i i'd say It'll happen. Yeah. You know, you, you'll get these small moments, uh, these little milestones. Yeah, and it's like dating. And it's going to happen. It's going to it's gonna happen without you trying. Like, when you stop trying, it's going to happen. Like, for example, I remember our uh, in high school, our senior year, the, 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 the girls always had tea with the local ladies, and then we went golfing. Right. And a lot of us were right. 18, and we could have cigars. So, like, we were in school hours, and we had cigars while we were golfing. I feel like that was, like, another, like, yeah. hey, we are becoming adults. Like, this is really hitting we- home. We definitely weren't supposed to have cigars. No, but we did. So, so uh, sorry, local school district. <laughs> That's what we were doing when we were out golfing. Um, yeah, it, it's something where uh, you won't. And also, it, it's kind of, it's crazy how hindsight's always so twenty twenty. Because normally, in that moment when you have that uh, that your first manly moment or that moment maybe where you feel like you're an adult you won't realize it's happening. A lot of times you'll look back on it a couple years later and you'll be like, oh yeah, the, there, wa- there was that time. So mm-hmm. it, there's a chance that maybe you've already had that moment that just hasn't, you know, uh, you haven't recognized it yet. That's so, fair. I'd say don't worry about it. It'll come. Uh, it, you know, you'll, you'll have plenty of opportunities to have, have that quote unquote manly moment. And uh, yeah, d- don't worry about trying to force it. No. So. Hey, with that, uh, Tanner, I had a lot of fun this week. Yeah, it's been it's been a blast, um, as always. It's it's funny when we first started doing all this. Uh, like I was like that. We spent that first week just on the phone trying to iron everything out, and like today we just sat down and got to it in about five minutes. And um, 
you know, the first couple of weeks, it almost became a thing where it's like, oh, I have this obligation. But now it's just like, oh, I look forward to this. So it's um, it's great. And I hope that everyone is enjoying the process of us evolving as we go. And uh, still looking for those first questions, though, from our from our listeners. <laughs> so hop yes, on are. it. I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I, I'd say that that's been my outlook too. And, and you know, I, I'm very appreciative of the people that we do have that are listening that uh, every week, you know, we do get great feedback and stuff like that. And people seem to like the direction that we're going in the show. And, and uh, of course, you know, when we started this, uh, Tanner and I had talked about how this was kind of a, a chance for us to get together uh, with us living so far apart. We are able to spend some time each week and bullshit and catch up and everything like that in fact um i kind of had a moment uh this week that made me laugh where uh have you seen the show scrubs yeah okay uh where uh turk and jd saying guy love to each other i i I was re-watching scrubs i was listening to that and i looked over at sabrina i'm like oh i missed (laughs) i missed talking to him this week (laughs) so uh yeah, I, I, I always have a blast with this. We're excited to bring on more people. Our plan next week is to get uh, the great Scott Thompson on the podcast with us and uh, get his Midwestern <laughs> take on everything. I think it's going to be terrific to hear him uh, speak about some of these questions and throw out his own brand of advice. Uh, I would also, uh, as always, I'd like to thank the band All My Friends Hate Me for the use of the song Stay Up off the album Metal Butterflies. Uh you can check them out on Spotify. While you're there, you can also check out our back catalog. Uh, this is now going to be our fifth episode, so we have a little bit of stuff. If you want to do a deep dive or if this is the first time you're hearing, you have a couple episodes and you can go back and listen to us kind of develop. Uh, you can always uh, submit those questions or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, our Twitter and Instagram handle is at midbestmidworst. Uh, our Gmail is mbmwshow at gmail.com. Uh yeah, Tanner. Um, yeah, again, uh, give us your questions. Um, even if, like, it's one of those things, like, hey, I have a friend that asked this question, or I came to work and someone had this question. Throw it our way. We'll we'll see what we can do with it. So, um, so with that, um, I've been Tanner, and I've been your mid best. And I've been Shane. I'm your mid worst. And as sure as Jesus wears sandals, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>